Hey, this is Eddie Olchek. You're listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mac, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 117 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. How are we doing, buddy? Good yawn, Tiff, gentlemen. That is cartoonishly large. Wow. Yep. Holy Silo shit. Silo beers are back because that's what kind of day I had at work. That <laughs> thing is filled to the brim. Hope you're watching on YouTube. But other than that, it is sunny, and we got some hockey to talk about, some trade deadline to recap, and uh, some money to be made. Amen. And now I'm going to toss it off to my other co-host up north, Mac Vogel. How we doing, buddy? Doing good. Dude, that thing is not only cartoonishly large, it is cartoonishly full. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? Ready? Oh, oh, no. Uh, good, yeah. Fill, fill her up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be literally at the brim, eh? It is. You got pull, pulled up to the camera. You got you got to like just this is This is two hands here, gentlemen. Two hands on a cartoonishly large off beer. The top. You can't even tilt that cup. Going to put a yeah. nipple on this thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's one of those Tuesdays, ladies and gents. Uh, been a stressful week, past week, to be honest with you. But um, we're here. We're ready to roll. I got the trade deadline behind us now. So we got all that news coming at you. Our thoughts, opinions. Been a tough week from a gambling perspective in terms of hockey. Maybe not so much March Madness. I know Nick made some decent cash on college basketball, but the hockey gambling has been rough lately, but we're getting back on track this week. So stay tuned later in the episode for some gambling tips. And uh, yeah, we're just going to get the thing rolling here. So before we do, just a reminder that, uh, our merch is available on www.emptybetters.com and then click on shop. Uh, our fall merch collection will be up there just a little bit longer, maybe a week, but that's about it. So go snag yours if you haven't already. The new spring drop is going to be coming within the next month or so. So keep your eyes peeled for that. We got some great new designs coming. The spring and designs then- look fantastic. We were talking about them the other night. Uh, they just, I think they look awesome. Yeah, very excited to share those. Some funny ones, too, I might add. So uh, we kind of went more on the humor route with this one. And then uh, just a reminder, we're all three still in the top 10 for Sharp Rank. They just posted their rankings this morning. So even after a rough week, still hanging in there with the big boys. Hopefully we can climb all back into the top five before we're back next week. Uh, I'm going to give it to Mac for the question of the day. But just a reminder that this episode is brought to you by Brackish Life. Let's take a minute to talk about Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. Mac Vogel, the floor is yours. Nick, I believe this is your question. If you want to, uh, if you want to be the one to read it out, oh, sure. Me, yeah, I was talking about this with uh, some of my coworkers, and it just sort of, you know, developed into my brain. Uh, I want to know, in your guys' opinion, who's like the guy you don't want to be during March Madness? We all love March Madness; it's a ton of fun. It's personally my favorite time of the year uh, until my heart gets ripped out. Uh, but like, do you not want to be that guy that fills out 14 brackets? Do you not want to be that guy at the office? Who's like, Oh, my paper bracket is like still 90% accurate. Um, I want to know your guys thoughts on that. 
The paper boy is a good one. I mean, I remember when I first found out like what March Madness was as I got, I was probably like 12 and it was because all of my little league baseball teammates had their paper brackets uh, that they would fill out. We would all like, compare them and stuff, but that was kind of before they streamlined it and got the app going. Nowadays, if you're still on paper, I don't really know what you're doing. It's just so much easier to do it on the app and it'll like automatically tell you what's right and wrong. And I would how agree accurate with you. you are. Exactly. I would agree with you. If there's a guy still doing paper, it's because he's probably like erasing the ones he gets wrong and like being like, oh, no, I, I got that. Oh, if I you're got. doing paper, I, it needs to be ink, not pencil. Yeah. I don't know. I would say that um, if you don't have like a bracket submission limit, that's kind of like a rookie move on your part. I would say two at max. Personally, as a hardo, I would say one. I mean, I, I never do more than one because it just it's like then you're starting to root for different things. And that's not really my style. I'd rather just root for one. But I do think uh, the daily updates guy is probably one of the worst. Like, it's, I'll use this scenario specifically for the office. But I guess if you have like a group of friends you see on a daily basis, the guy is always like, "Oh, did you see where I am after last night?" And it's like oh, day okay. two. And it's like yeah. after day three, he's like, "Hey, I'm still I'm still in second. Like, I'm right behind so and so." Blah blah blah. It's like you act like I can't check the app myself. Like I know where you are. You don't have to <laughs> remind me. I also but. don't care because in two hours you're going to be at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd yeah. say I, so I, every, every year I do a little pool with a bunch of my friends. Usually there's like 15 or so of us in. And the rule that we always abide by is uh, you get a maximum of two brackets. Some people just submit one cause they're like Harry and they're like, nah, I just want one, but you're, it's a $10 buy-in. You can get up to two brackets with that 10 bucks. Um, and then, you know, same as always, you just see who wins. But what I, what I really, what really irks me is an, more than one person made this joke at the beginning. Uh, I hate doing like the collection where it's like, okay, everyone send your $10 to me and then I'm going to send it all to the winner at the end, especially since it's all people I know personally. I'm like, let's all just make it our business to send the $10 to the winner at the end of the tournament. And of course, when I said that in the big group chat with everyone, I had like three or four different people be like, oh, well, if you want to just, you know, if you want to just, save time you could just send your ten dollars to me right now because i'm gonna be the one that wins and it's like okay (laughs) really funny joke really clever stuff guys yeah i yeah that does get kind of annoying doesn't it you might as well just hand me your money it's like it's like when um and of course it's the guy who won it last year saying it too yeah Yeah, that's the worst all right we get it my my pick has to be like you could be out at a bar watching it with friends you could be at home watching it with five people the guy who makes the game about like the $5 prop bet that he has, (laughs) who's like just standing in front of the TV and screaming or who's like at the bar, like yelling for them to change the TV from the close game to the game that just tipped off because, you know, he has UCLA, you know, straight up in the first half or something like that. I cannot stand that person. That's fair. I, uh, I do want to ask you guys, is your finals prediction still intact? Not final four, but like the the championship game? My finals prediction is still intact, I believe, in one of my – because like I said, we got two, two apiece. Uh, my one is gone because I have Baylor winning it all, and that yeah. got blown up pretty quick. But the other one, I believe I'm still good. I have Gonzaga winning it all, and then I think I have them beating – let's see here. I've got uh... – Zona and Gonzaga. So I'm still good. I had yeah, Zona got... in one of mine. I usually do one for ESPN and one for CBS, just one yeah. for each app. And 
Mac, like you, I had Baylor. I'm actively rooting against Arizona now going forward, though, because of how that TCU game ended with like the guy dunking it at the buzzer yeah, instead of just was, laying it in and then insane. getting all mouthy like on the microphone afterwards saying that they were the best team in the tournament. I'm like, no, dude, you, you squeaked one out against a nine seed. I've know? got uh, I've got Gonzaga beating Kansas, so I'm still in there. But I will say on the Arizona front, every I'm in like third or fourth place in my bracket right now but everybody above me has Arizona winning and I have Arizona losing to Houston next round. So which could happen. Like it definitely could. And like, even though I had Arizona beating um, TCU, I was watching that game. Like, please lose this game because it would just plummet me above all those Arizona pickers. And it was, God, that was an awesome basketball game to watch. It's such a bummer. TCU couldn't win, but yeah, I got Zona over Zaga. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, Getting into the hockey news real quick. Most of our news segment, if not all of it, is going to be trade deadline recap. That's really the big thing to talk about right now, but I think it's worth mentioning, especially for all the Caps fans, that uh, Alex Ovechkin did tie Wayne Gretzky for the most 40-goal seasons of all time with 12. In case you're wondering who's in second, it's a tie between Mario Lemieux and Marcel Dion with 10. That's your fun stat of the day. Most underrated player ever, I think, Marcel Dion probably with the amount of scoring titles and accolades that that guy has definitely right up there. You can make a strong argument for it. Yeah. You can definitely throw that in there. But other than that, I mean, ladies and gents, we are going to be all trade deadline recap. And then shortly after that, we will give you some gambling trends and picks for this week. So Nick, I'm going to toss it off to you to drive the bus. Sure. Let's start with the big moves. Uh, Arguably the biggest, maybe like the 1B, 1A move, I don't know what you want to call it, is Claude Giroux finally leaves the Flyers promptly after playing a thousand games with them. I think he's like the only player in NHL history to play exactly a thousand games with one franchise. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, he's a Panther now. I think, uh, I don't know about you guys, we saw all signs pointing towards Colorado at the beginning of the year and then just sort of over the last couple of months, Florida emerged as the front runner. So uh, yeah, I know he was on the ice today with them and uh oh. Yeah, it sounds like he's gonna be on that first line wing with uh Barkov, which is just absolutely terrifying. So the Panthers ain't messing around, as you will hear even more so later in this episode. But uh yeah, Giroux gets to go to probably you know, potentially the best team of the Eastern Conference statistically, and they're gearing up for a big run. I do think that this is a sick move for them. It no doubt makes them a better team. I will say the one question mark I've had about the Panthers all year still remains, and that's their blue line. I'm not sure that they have the defense to go all the way, but we'll see. And a big piece of that just went down, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. But uh, real quick question here, does the orb leave with Claude, or does it stay in Philadelphia? (laughs) Honestly, that's a brilliant question it's a brilliant I'm, question I'm not sure i know the answer to yet i think or it did stays it split in philly. into two smaller orbs <laughs> I, I think it stays in philly if you want I, my honest opinion i actually think he'll be like a well i don't know i kind of feel like he'll be able to be a better player in florida oh yeah with like the pieces that are there around him right now i mean philadelphia is just such a shit show of a team this year like the last couple of years honestly that like the orb really stemmed from the flyers being like, we're kind of bad, but we've still got Claude Giroux. Right. Whereas now it's like, Oh, okay. Like he's just like a, another one of the good players on a good team. I just think like come playoff time, this, his experience is going to be 
invaluable to them. Like, you know, they have jumbo, but in terms of like, you know, lead by example and some playoff experience, I would Mm -hmm. focus on Giroux more. He's played a fuckload of playoff games. That's for sure. I mean, can't forget he went all the way to the uh, final against very true. It was against the Hawks, right? Yep. Yeah. That was 2010 run. And, and, you know, with Ekblad going down, it'll be interesting to see how they shake up the first line power play. I guarantee you Giroux's just racking up points on that left face-off circle spot. Seriously. We'll we'll see. But, yeah, the Panthers are looking real good. So, Yep. Uh, Let's move on. Ricard Raquel to the Penguins. In return, the Ducks get a second Kale Klang and Dominic Simone along with Zach Aston Reese. So pretty hefty return going back for Raquel. But uh, Harry, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, obviously you guys know I was fired up about the move. I don't want to give too much of my thoughts just yet because I know we're saving uh, the Caps and Pens talk for last in the episode. But all in all, I think think it's a good move. um, And I think that there are some very is the word expendable where you're able to get rid of without feeling pain. Yeah. Yep. Those are some very expendable pieces that we gave back. So all in all, I'm happy and uh, you know, happy that Ron pulled it off. And of course, half the fucking fan base, I think I tweeted this uh, at like two 30 is like, we suck. We can't go all in. Like we have to go all in blah, 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 blah. And then I, I tweeted like, it's so funny how, like the last three years we go all in and then people absolutely crucify Rutherford for trading away like these picks in the future. And then when we do trade away the picks in the future, people bitched, you know, yet again, it's like pick your poison. You can't have it all. Yeah. It was really surprising to see like penguins fans be like whiny and like bitchy about stuff. It's like so <laughs> uncharacteristic, you know, I, I, I didn't say a word. I called him out. On it. It's just, a, it's and in other news, water's wet and Patriots fans are upset too. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Right. So let's move on to your guys' team. Yep. So Mojo comes back to the Caps for Sprong, who goes back to Seattle. And then the Caps also get Johan Larson for a third rounder. We'll touch on that in a little bit. St. Louis gets Nick Letty and Luke Witkowski. And in return, Detroit gets Oscar Sundquist, Lucas Wallman, and a second rounder. What do you guys think about that? I like that move a lot, actually, for St. Louis. I think I'm going to call that a really good player. Yeah, it is a win win. I, I mean, as I was typing this out in the notes earlier, I was like, geez, a second rounder. That's actually kind of high. Like that's a, I mean, that's a valuable pick. Uh, but I think it's worth it. Nick Letty's a good player. He's not too old yet. And I think he's definitely going to help the blues. So I like, yeah, it. I love that move for St. Louis. And, you know, I think two, it was, it was two years ago when we had uh, Dean on where he was talking about the Isles blue line and he was saying how Nick Letty's just one of the most underrated guys in the entire Steady league. Eddie, Nick Letty. Sk- skates like the wind, never gives up any odd man rushes, knows when to pinch properly. So I really like that move for St. Louis. And obviously Detroit gets some solid pieces back too. I mean, Sunquist was huge for the blues in that what? I don't know why Mac and I are laughing when you said pinch properly. <laughs> He pinches properly. Yeah. I'm laughing about something completely different that okay. I can't bring up right now. What would it wait? Why? I don't know why the first thing that popped into my head is like someone going up to someone on St. Patrick's Day and being like, haha, gotcha. You're not wearing green, but <laughs> Mac, you got to tell me now it's in my head or is this like it, completely it, not it allowed? It literally just has nothing to do with anything. And <laughs> it just popped into my head and I just started laughing about it. That's all. It's a good move for the blues. All right, let's move on. All right. Well said. Uh, the Avalanche, they get Arturi Lekkinen, and in return, the Habs get a second rounder and defense prospect, Justin Barron, who played in Halifax. 
I think we all knew the abs were going to have to overpay at some point for something. And I think this is the overpay. Uh, you know, they, they did pretty well at the deadline. They swapped Tyson Jost, who we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, this one I see is the overpay. Lekkonen's good, but to give up a second and a really, really highly touted defensive prospect is a lot. Yeah, I agree. And I, I heard a lot of Caps fans barking uh, early on yesterday about how, yo, we need to go after Lekkonen. And I was like, yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess I wouldn't mind having him on the team. But knowing that this is what ended up costing the Avalanche to acquire him, I'm trying to think of like the Caps equivalent. And I don't think I would have wanted to give away like a second rounder and like Alex Alexiev or something like that. Or Connor McMichael. Right. So I, yeah, I definitely think it's an overpay. Lekkonen's good, but I, I agree with you. I think it's a little steep. I wonder how much uh, his play, his big playoff goals last season um, contributed to his like value. Cause I believe he had two overtime winners, uh, one in the third round against Vegas. And then one in the final, I think when the Habs won their one game against the Bolts. So he had just like a bunch of other big ones too, like, you know, tying yeah. games, scoring late. He was just that guy, you know, sort of how Talbot was for y'all in 09. But yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on, the Oilers get Brett Kulak from Montreal and a second rounder goes back in return along with William Legison. Uh, the Sharks get goaltender Capo Kakinen and a pick for Jake Middleton, which goes back to Minnesota. Uh, Scott Wedgwood goes to Dallas for a pick. Well, I don't understand. Congrats, why. Tyler Sagan. Those guys are like high school buddies. I didn't realize this, but oh. I saw I saw a picture today of them two at like prom or something like that. Oh, really? um, oh dear God. Yeah, seriously. And then uh, next to it, like on the on the next slide, was a picture of them two at practice today, and Sagan was like giving him a tap on the head. Huh. So I guess they're like old hometown buddies or something like that. Nick, nice. why did you start laughing when you when you saw that? Because I like I didn't remember that they were oh, high school like, buddies until now, and then I thought, just saw. Anytime you see Sagan, you're like, oh god, what is this? Yeah, throwing up the bad signal or something. Exactly. He's got, like, he's got Robin now. Well, <laughs> Uh, the bolts, they did it again. They get Nick Paul and in return, the Sens get Matthew Joseph in a pick. I think this is a win for Tampa. I actually was going to say, I think this is one of the most underrated moves of the whole deadline. I think Nick Paul is a great player, super underrated guy. Matthew Joseph's good too, actually though. So I, I think this is sort of a win-win as well. Um, yeah. But I, I, I definitely have always liked Nick Paul's play with the senators and I think he'll fit in great in Tampa. He will. And he's sort of filling that role that they lost on that third line with like pocket leaving and stuff like that. It just, I hate to say it, but like, holy shit. Like, are they just going to do this again? They really might. He's a gritty player. He can score. He can, he's a good two-way player too. He's definitely a good, good pickup for them. Yeah. I'm going to save the Dadnov thing for the end just because it's up in the air and we have it's, no idea what's happening, but we a had a nice little, fire. uh, yeah little three-way action going on. Got to love that anytime love we get that. a three-way. So Carolina gets Max Domi and Tyler Inamoto. The Jackets get Aiden Hreschuk, and they're going to retain 50% of Max Domi's salary. And then the Panthers get Igor Korshkov, a pick, and they're also taking 25% of Domi's salary. So essentially, Carolina gets Max Domi for a fourth of what he's getting paid. 
Yeah, that's a big win for Carolina. Uh, there were also people saying they wanted Domi on the Caps. I was not in favor of that move. Um, he's an okay player, and you know, I I get what the upside is there, but I think he makes much more sense on a shit show team like Carolina. Um, I didn't realize that like other teams could retain salary in this way. Although I, what I'm guessing is that technically. Like on paper, does this mean that Domi like technically got traded to the Panthers for like a second, and then they traded him to? I guess Carolina. So that I don't know how else you like, because there's no way he that the Panthers can just step in and be like, hey, we'll pay for some of this too. Like I think they have to have had him on their team technically in order to like retain that salary, which is weird. But him to get paid, he has to be on their books, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think technically he was a Florida Panther for probably about 10 minutes or something like that. And that's why none of us will ever be an NHL GM. I was just going to say the two of you just had like a Jimmy Neutron brain blast. (laughs) So yeah, except it's just like uh, two monkeys beating symbols. (laughs) I I always used to say like, God, it'd be so cool to be a GM of a team. Like I love playing GM mode at NHL, but then I think back to like when I'm playing GM mode in NHL and I always click the button. That's like, do all the finances for me. Oh yeah. So turn off player morale. Don't have to do player meetings. Just do you want to elaborate on what you mean by shit show of Carolina? Like, I don't know. They just like the fact that Max Domi and Tony D'Angelo are on the same team is like all I need to say to like describe I what that. I mean by that. Like, it's just like a bunch of like pesky players Jerks. that like piss people off. And <laughs> hey, Nick, I like what you did there. Thank you. Yeah. yeah um, yeah, I, I, it's funny. I feel like Brenda Moore is so fucking like intense that you could take whoever. And they're not going to fuck around on the team because he'll, he just looks like he wants to rip your head off 24 seven. Yeah. Who let's think about this. We all don't like Carolina on this podcast. I think we can agree about that. What player can we put on that team to sink that franchise? What do you mean by sink it? Like who's toxic enough? Yeah. Who's toxic enough to run that franchise into the ground? Sean Avery. That's <laughs> I was going to say that's I mean, really they had it. Alex Semin for a little bit. So yeah, I, I really thought that would do the trick, but I don't think there's really anyone toxic enough to sink that. I, I just watch Brenda Moore chew gum and it's like, what, yeah. who the fuck is going to mess with him? He's like, I feel bad for that piece of gum, man. <laughs> oh yeah. It's brutal. <laughs> Seriously. Anyways, uh, let's move on to probably the biggest trade of the deadline. Mark Andre Fleury, after a ton of speculation, is he going back to Pittsburgh? Is he coming to Washington? Is he staying in Chicago? Is Colorado going to go get him? He ends up in Minnesota of all places. I don't really think anyone saw this coming until it got leaked that it was likely going to happen. Um, he's the first goalie ever to win the Vesna and be dealt at the deadline the following season. Billy G just worked that magic. You got to remember they were teammates in that they were. cup. So I'm sure that that played a role in this, but uh, I think this is a great move for Minnesota. You know, the, at the start of the year, their goaltending was pretty solid. And then as the season went on specifically since the turn of the new year, it's kind of fallen off a cliff. And uh, you know, I think if they want to sure up the, the play between the pipes for the playoffs, who better than this guy? I mean, he's, he's got all the experience in the world, the Wild desperately kind of need a run. I mean, that fran- that fan base has kind of been starved of a really good run, like a like a third round exit or you know a cup final even. So, I love the move for them. I don't think anybody dislikes it. 
I found myself in a Minnesota wild Twitter rabbit hole shortly after this deal got passed. Like I was just scrolling and like found myself surrounded by a bunch of like wild fans tweeting different stuff. And there was one guy who had literally tweeted like a month and a half ago, something about how this is by far the best Minnesota, Minnesota wild team that has ever existed since the inception of the team and yet they don't have a goaltender and that's like what his biggest worry was. And then after this move got passed, he quote tweeted his own tweet and he was like, I'll shut up now or something like that. But everyone, like you said, seems fired up about this. I know I would be, I'm personally fired up about it. Cause this is the first team that Mark Andre Fleury has played for that. I actually feel like I can root for. I hate the penguins. I hate the Knights. Not really a Hawks fan. I feel like you can't I can finally root for the Hawks. Exactly. I feel like I can finally cheer for this guy properly. Now he's on the wild. I've always liked the wild. I think they're a fun team. Um, it's the state of hockey. Come on. Most of all, I'm just happy he didn't go to any Eastern conference teams. Cause I don't want to have to play this guy anytime soon. Well said, uh, I was holding up my phone because I just bet them to win the Stanley cup. <laughs> Holy shit. What value That's did you get that at? 25 to win 500. Oh my gosh. Look I'm at the you. math guy. Uh, what's that? Plus 2,500 or something? Plus 2,000? Oh, fuck. I, you, I don't know. People, I mean, I'm yeah, guessing here. Beats me. No, someone's just absolutely yeah. like I think we can all right we now. can all agree that no one on this podcast is a math guy. No, not at all. Not, not even not. close. Um, I guess I'll just pose this question to Mac and not Nick, since I guess I know the answer now. But do you think that the Wild should be considered serious cup contenders now. So I have two good buddies that are uh, big Minnesota wild fans that live out here in Milwaukee. Um, Shout out Owen, shout out Dan. Uh, And I texted them both after this and said, congrats on winning the MAF sweepstakes. Uh, And I told them both that in my book, they just went from being a likely or possible first or second round exit to you actually have a legit shot at this. Uh, And I don't know, like, again, I don't know that it automatically makes them like, oh, they're going to make a deep run. There's tons of other factors. I have other question marks, including their blue line as well. Uh, But I definitely think it's a huge, huge improvement. And suddenly they're much more of a contender than I thought they were previously. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing that, um, it's also important to remember that they also got Delorier from the wild for a third rounder. That you team the, you mean the from the ducks. Oh yeah. Sorry. From the ducks. That team is fucking tough. Eric Sinek, mm-hmm. Greenway, yeah. Delorier, Felino, Felino. Holy shit. And Delorier guys... scored in his first game with the wild too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, he if looks he's, fired up too. Like if there's any problems, you just send it his way. Any problems that Eric Sinek, Felino or um, what's his face couldn't handle. It, I mean, this is they're, that's a they're heavy built. team. Well, it, yeah. I mean, it gives Kirill the ability to, you know, go and do his thing a little bit more because he knows he's got Delorier back there in case anything goes south. So I, I think it's great. I would, I personally would love to see the Minnesota Wild win the Stanley Cup. I think that would be fantastic for the NHL, fantastic for the game. 
And yeah. And I think that's a great way to put it. It's just fantastic for the game. I mean, like I said, it's our state of hockey, you know, here in the United States. I mean, we were just talking about the high school tournament last week. I mean, I think it would be great for the game to see like a, just imagine like the XL energy center. Oh my God. Stanley cup final conference finals. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I think that's like in Minnesota, that's like a, excuse to get like a month off of work i would assume but <laughs> uh anyways let's move on uh one more trade for the wild they did get tyson jost in exchange for nico Sturm. i think that's another great gritty move i think tyson jost is gonna fit in a lot better there than he oh, did yeah. in colorado and i think he's gonna be great on the penalty kill don't sleep on that uh andrew cop tyler mott and justin braun all find their way to the big apple i don't like this at all not thrilled. I can get over Braun and Mott. I don't like cop on the Rangers. I think this is a perfect example of a guy who's like was fine in Winnipeg, like not really a huge threat because just who cares about the Winnipeg Jets. But like now that he's on like a, a relevant team, especially relevant to us in the Metro division, I can already see this guy. Same thing I said to Harry about Raquel. I can already see this guy scoring hugely important goals in the playoffs probably against the caps or the penguins or just, you know, being a thorn in somebody's side for sure. Yeah. I, mean, I um, go ahead, Harry. I was just going to say, I, I read one of our uh, buddies, Anthony from forever blue shirts articles about the trades and, you know, Braun's going to slide into that bottom pairing uh, probably with Nemeth, which will take our boy Zach Jones out of the lineup. Most likely, unfortunately uh, cop echo what Max said. I think Mott might be a little bit of an underrated move. I was going to say the same thing. He's not going to get you a ton of goals, but in the playoffs, he's that energizer bunny, right? He just goes, 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 hits, 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 never stops. Kind of reminds me of like, uh, if you're an old school guy, like a Tyler Kennedy for the Penguins, just a fucking energizer bunny. That is a good comparison. Yeah, that's good. As much as I hated him, that that is very good. He's a winger, right? Yeah. Yeah, he is a good like defensive forward in that way. He's a Tasmanian I, devil. That's, yeah, and that's something that that team needed. And uh, I don't, Harry, like to echo what you said. I when I saw this, I was like, this dude's going to score some overtime goal for the Rangers in like double overtime or something. I I don't know why. I just got that gut yeah. feeling. But I, I like all the moves for for New York to be. And honest. honestly, Braun doesn't have to be anything special. He just has to be what he's been, which is just straight up consistent. Really well, doesn't make that many lot. mistakes, and he's not going to get abused now that he's not on the Flyers. So. Uh, the stars get Vlad Nemesnikov uh, from Detroit. I actually like that move a lot for Dallas. Didn't they have him before? Am I crazy? They I, did not. He was on New York. No. New York Tampa. to Tampa. Yeah. To or Detroit. other way around. It's hard to keep up with however many times they swap <laughs> Then players. to Detroit, now to Dallas. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, Valtteri Nikushkin. Nikushkin, who's in Colorado now, right? Same initials, VN, sort of a weird name. Yeah, okay, my bad. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, Ryan Carpenter to the Flames. Not not a whole lot of thoughts on that, but okay. grit, grit. Here, here's one I have a couple thoughts on. Derek Broussard to the Oilers, and in exchange, the Flyers get a fourth. I don't know if you guys saw this stat, but Derek Broussard has now played on like more teams in the last six years than like anyone else who's been he's, in the league for that long has played in their entire career. He's played on nine teams in the who's last the, six um, seasons. Who's the suitcase record holder now? Isn't it like 10? I have no idea. I think that's something that's that's worth looking into for next episode, but he's got to be up there. 
Yeah, he's got to be up there. I will say though, as much as this guy has been passed around, I'm still a big Broussard guy. I there's love, a reason. Yeah, I love what he what he adds to any team. I think the Oilers kind of need a guy like this, like a grittier third to fourth line dude that can still put the puck in the net. He reminds like me of Mojo. Fourth a round bit. pick, why not? Does he? Don't you? Do you think Mojo's a fair? Like they both. I, kind I of, see what you're saying. I think Mojo has a little has a little more like finesse and skill to yeah, him. Where Broussard is a little grittier, a little more like a uh, working man's player. Yeah. Yeah. Now put them on the same line with a decent center. That is one hell of a third line right uh, there. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Le Ambagla to New Jersey. Jersey I Mike's. love I love that you put lay in parentheses. <laughs> That's so good. I'm like I'm kind of pissed off at myself that we didn't get more use out of lay Hamburglar in uh in Montreal, but true, yeah, especially on the French team. Exactly. Uh, Winnipeg gets Zach Sanford and the Sens get a pick in return. Uh, that's pretty good considering one Stanley uh, Cup champions. Zach Stanley Sanford. Cup champion scored the game winning goal in game seven. Just saying. Uh, but yeah, uh, good for Sanford. Uh, you know, former bear, former cap. Got to love that. I think this low key might be one of the best moves at the deadline. Andrew Cogliano to the Avs for a fifth. It's that veteran depth, kills penalties, skates like the wind. Yeah, it's a great move for the Avs. Wins face-offs yeah. if you need them to. Just yeah, it's a great it. move for the Avalanche. They 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 did their job. They did what they needed to. I mean, really, the guy that should have the Ironman record yeah, if he didn't get I, suspended. Yep, yep, agree with that. Yeah, uh, big deal up in Boston. The Bruins win the Hampus Lindholm sweepstakes. The Ducks are going to keep fifty percent of that contract, and in return. They get a first, two seconds, and two players. And I believe, did they officially re-sign him to an eight-year deal for six and a half AAV? Yeah. They did. I initially wanted to say this was an overpay. Here's why I don't think it is. The 50% retain is key. So that they don't have to worry about, but that's only for this is his contract year, right? Correct. Yeah. So that's only yeah. just for the rest of this year. Correct. So that's good that they kind of don't have to worry about that for the rest of this year. However, the fact that they re-signed him right away for I don't know that I would have wanted to give him that long of a deal right away, just because you don't know really what you're gonna get. But I will say, what was it, six? Six and a got? half. And how six and it, a half? Eight years. Much? Eight years. I do think that by like the third year of that contract, you're going to be looking at that and you'll be like, okay, this is, that's a, that's it's a, a solid. Oh, there's no way he plays more than five of that contract in Boston. Uh, that's probably true. What you but, think he's not going to make it? No, I think he will. I just think when oh. push comes to shove with the Bruins, I mean, yeah. their window is closing a lot sooner than the caps or the penguins window will in, in theory. I think that, Time's going to run out and they're going to look at the big contracts on their book and say, we got to get this guy out of here. And, you he know, regar right. regardless of how he's playing, I think it's just a dollar and cents kind of thing. What, uh, by year five, you're saying? Yeah, year five. I think it wouldn't be crazy to see him move to somewhere else. And then the Bruins probably retain a little bit of that salary over the next three years or something like that, like 25% per. The picks is a little hard to swallow. I'm not going to lie. A first and two seconds, especially for a D. Well, especially for a team that, like you said, is probably going to need to rebuild in the next like five years. 
if they don't win it in this one or the next one, then you would have to think so. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know. Lindholm, I think Lindholm is still only what 28 or something like that. Right. He's, he's younger. Yeah. Um, and when you put it in comparison, I mean, listen, I think Darnell Nurse is better than Lindholm, but the fact that Nurse is making $3 million a year more than him, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like when nurses get nine and a half, this doesn't look all that bad. Probably not. And I think that makes a lot of sense when you think about it. It's just the way that that defense market has gone. It's like, if you're a defenseman, you're under 30, you're making somewhere above eight or nine for eight or seven or something like that. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I I agree with that. So Uh, the bolts, Another great move for them. They get Brandon Hagel from the Hawks. They get two first rounders and two players in return. That is a hefty giveaway for Tampa, except when you think about that, it those firsts are probably going to be at the bottom. True. Is, is Hagel that good? Am I missing something? Like I no, no offense to the guy, but two first rounders, that seems pretty darn steep to me. I think we had said this when uh, the return like leaked a couple weeks ago and they were asking for like a first and maybe a prospect or like a player to go along with it. And we were like, this seems like an overpay. And then the dude put up like nine goals over the span of like six games or something. Ridiculous I mean, he's like also that. literally my age. So like, there's definitely, I was going to say he's very young. For, yeah. Ton of room for improvement for sure. But yeah, he, yeah, he's pretty young. And I think he, I, Someone should look up if he has term because I have no idea. But the fact that he is 23, you, you would think that they're going to keep him as a part of the, the organization for a bit. There's Correct. A and I, I do know for a fact that one of the players going back was Taylor Radish, which is going to reunite uh, him, Dylan Strom, and DeBrinket, who were on a line together in Erie when they had one of the best teams in junior hockey. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So I, it was it was cool to see them on social fired up about that. Um, probably the biggest deal at the deadline here, uh, just because it's the fucking Leafs. Go figure. <laughs> uh, Mark Giordano does not go home to Calgary. He comes home literally to Toronto. Let's go oh, to our uh, resident Leafs fan of the podcast. Harry, what do you think about this? <laughs> uh, damn. What a big move for the Leafs, right? Um, I, I guess forget Giordano for a second. I just can't stand the people who are like, Dubas's window is clicking. Like they have to do it. Dude, that guy has done every fucking thing that he could possibly do with not a lot of cap room. Keep in mind to keep this team in the loop, competitive, whatever word you want to use. I think it's a great move for the Leafs. Um, You know, they always seem to have like room for that extra veteran guy. I use the word extra meaning like almost 40 years old. They did it with Marlowe. They did it with Thornton. Now they're doing it. Simmons, with Simmons you know, they, they have a track record for this. So the fact that he's a defenseman uh, shores up that blue line a little bit. I'm sure he'll be good for Riley. Um, you know, I, I think he'll probably be a second pairing guy, maybe third. I don't know. I'm trying to think of lefties and righties on the lineup, but all in all, I think it's a great move for Toronto. I, I, think it definitely shores up that back end. Obviously, a, the goaltender market was extremely expensive. Uh, so going after a D-man was the next best, next best thing. And I think they did what they had to do. It's up to the guys in the room to really just get it done. It's enough enough blaming Dubas, for God's sake. The guy's doing everything. So I, I agree with you partially. And I was, I mean, I said, I think Dubas's window is closing last episode. Um, 
maybe not closing. I think he has to be on the hot seat though. I think he's done, like you said, like a lot of things to make this team win. I think it's just the contracts you have to look at. Like I know a lot of them aren't ideal. Like you have the three headed monster locked up for a while. So I'm sure that's where it's coming from. And then you remember the fact that he's the GM of Toronto. So like the guy's never going to be pleasing everyone unless they win the Stanley cup for like 10 years in a row. So, yeah. And the problem is, I don't see them really winning the Stanley cup this year. I just, unless the goaltending just completely does a 180, I, I just don't see it. You have to have goaltending. It's a, it's a staple of any cup winning team, but it's hard to blame them for even like the big deals. Right. Cause they're playing out of their minds. Like Mar- Marner had a rough start to the season. He's been absolutely fantastic since the start of the year. Matthews is doing otherworldly things right now. You know, Nylander, eh, yeah, maybe could get a little more. Tavares, he was red hot to start, trailing off a little bit here lately. But what do you want the guy to do? I don't know. It's an interesting time to be a Leafs fan. It is. And I think the the other great point you made was the goaltender market. It was not there. The Caps were looking at it. The Leafs were looking at it. The like the asking price was just astronomical. It was a seller's yeah. market for sure, not a buyer's market. So just yeah. the way it goes. Yep. Yep. Uh, Florida trades Frank Vetrano to the Rangers for a fourth rounder in return. Uh, Jacob Truba tweeted out a pic of him and Vetrano at the national development program. They were in like high school together in Ann Arbor, like goofing around in the back of a classroom. Now they're teammates together. Gotta love that. That was awesome. Yeah. Yep. That's a good uh, move for the New York again. Yeah. Fucking kill me. Uh, Montreal traded Ben Sherratt to Florida for Ty Silamanich a first rounder and a fourth. I figured that was the asking price we were probably going to get for Sherrod at this deadline as well, just because it is a seller's market this time around. So would you guys say that's an overpay at all? I think for the value that Sherrod brings, yes. But considering what Florida kind of has to do this season, no. Yeah, they need they need D as well. So I think that was the right move at the right time. Like they knew the cards that they were dealt, but with Ekblad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You got to get the D the blue line beefed up. So Uh, Seattle trades Callie yarn croak to the flames for a second, third and seventh. I love that move for the flames. I think that's going to be a home run for them. Uh, San Jose extended Tomas hurdle, but for an eight by eight deal, uh, I think we all thought he was going to get moved. And then, of course, in very typical NHL trade deadline fashion, he does not. And then Arizona extends Carell, a.k.a. Carl Vegemelka, to a three-year extension. So I guess he gets to play uh, at ASU now. So that's exciting for What are Carl. Max's thoughts on that? That's his boy. I love this dude, Vemelka. I think he's, <laughs> he's, I don't know, he's, he's shown me something this year. I'm not sure how old he is. Let me figure that out real quick. Um, but either way, I mean, I... When I first saw his name like pop up, I was worried he got traded and I was like, no way. They didn't like he's been so good. But no, I'm glad to see he got re-signed. Yeah, he's only 25. Uh, I'm a big Czech goalie fan too. I, I feel like goalies from the Czech Republic are notoriously just really like hardworking guys, really battle. Um, we got VV, Czech Republic guy, isn't um Hashik. Yeah, Hashik, of course. Who am I thinking of though? More recent guy that Halak, right? True. Halak is, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of good Czech goalies. So, Pavlik. Um, Andre Pavlik. Now I'm going back a little bit, but Roman yeah. Turek. Oh, oh, wow. Good backup goalie. 
Very old. School. Um, real quick, that just reminded me of this. Like, uh, my friends and I, like, if we were at like a, you know, like the pregame before the pregame in college, you know, like Thursday, getting ready to go out, having a couple beers, we used to play the backup quarterback game where you oh, just yeah. list off like old quarterbacks from like the nineties and two thousands that you had like football cards for. You should Bro. try to do that with the Philadelphia Flyers goaltenders. In the last <laughs> years. Uh-huh. Michael Layton. All right, here we go to rattle off a couple of great Czech NHL goalies. We got big save Dave Riddich, Daniel Darth Vader Vladar, VV, Peter Mrazek, Pavel Francouz, Vamelka, who, by the way, in this picture is wearing an Nashville Predators jersey. So I don't know if he must have been drafted by them or something like that. But uh, NHL legend Michael Neuver, uh, you were right, Andre Pavlik, um, Hashik, of course, Thomas Vokun. Oh, it's another good one. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Roman Turk. I can't believe you pulled that one out of your ass, Harry. That's I never dad, would have said Roman Turk. My dad collects uh, you know the McFarland figures, like the they sculpt them, but they're like 3D, like that you can you collect yeah. them. Uh-huh. He's got a cut, he's got a, quite a few actually. And I just remember in my old bedroom, like when I was first growing up, there was a Roman Turek one when he was in a Calgary's Flames uniform. I, was, I don't know why that stuck out to me, but I also don't know how I knew he was Czech. <laughs> Random shit, really, really that is shit. too funny. So after we wrap up all this trade deadline nonsense, who is your guys' pick to win the cup this year? Uh, I hate, I hate that I'm saying this, but it's the Lightning. Oof, plus seven hundred too, not bad value. Yeah, um, so I just, I just deviating I from your pick a couple weeks ago with the Flames. Yeah, I I do like the Flames to make some noise for sure, but I. I think it's going to be another Eastern conference team. I think the East is too stacked this year. I think that it's going to be a classic. One of those things where somebody in the West tears through the West just to get to the cup final and lose in like five or six to whoever makes it out of the East. And that's a great point. Someone at work said to me today, like, isn't whoever's coming out of the West just going to cruise. And I said, yeah, until they get there and they have to play against a team that's been battle tested for the last two months. Unless it's the avalanche, I think that changes things up. Um, so I want to say Florida, but with the Ekblad injury, I just don't know. Like I'd like to see that first. And I've been saying this all year long, so I'm, I'm not going to say Florida. And you guys are going to hate me for this. I still think Carolina is probably the peskiest playoff-type team in the East just because yeah, of the Freddie way Anderson could definitely lock it down too. They've got the goaltending. They've got, I would they say also Carolina. have a lot more recent playoff experience than care mm-hmm. or than Florida does, which mm-hmm. I think, you know, you can't That's really important. quantify it in any way, but it does go a long way. I would say Carolina is probably my pick. I will say I am shocked that the golden Knights have the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh best odds to win the cup right now. They're they might not apart. even make the fucking playoffs. So yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause I totally would have forgot. So let's talk about the dad thing now. Wait, who's uh, your pick real quick. Uh, I mean, I bet on the wild, but honestly, if I had to pick one, I, I think I'm going to agree with Mac. I mean, that team's done it twice. I know it's going to take them a while to, you know, it's going to ask a lot for them to do it a third time, but not, any- not Colorado really. No. And I think, you know, to echo what Max said, like, you know, battle testing goes a long way. I mean, you look at the blues in 2019, you look at the caps in 2018. I can't explain to you why the avalanche aren't quite there yet, but I just don't, I just don't think they are goaltending. Do you have a Kemper's been decent. He has been decent. He's good. 
Who's your dark horse if you had to pick from this list? Minnesota, of course. Yeah, I'd say that's a good one. Mac, do you have one? Yeah, Minnesota's a good one. I I don't think the Penguins are a bad dark horse pick, to be honest with you. I think that you want to talk about a battle-tested team. They've still got the main pieces from their big cup runs, and I like the addition of Raquel. It'll all come down if Jari can actually play well in the playoffs, of course, but we'll yeah. see. Call me crazy, but looking at this list, they've got Nashville at plus 5,000. They're catching a little bit of fire here lately. They went, they were hot, and then they went super cold, and now they're kind of getting hot again. And they didn't sell off on Forsberg at plus 5,000 with Soros and Net. You never know. I don't, I don't hate that. Yeah, I yeah. don't think it'll happen. And that's a great point. A $10 bet. Yeah. And I think the kicker there is with Soros and Net. And that's the thing that I think we've kind of forgotten about over the last three years is – how much a goaltender can steal you games in the playoffs. They're also, it's not even goaltending. I'll just pump their tires here a little quick, not to get into the who's hot segment, but in their last, in their last seven games, the predators have scored at least four goals in all of them. So that's seven straight games of scoring four or more goals for Nashville. Forsberg's on fire, but you know, who's been unbelievably just consistent and good for them all year long. He's on my fantasy team. Matt Matthew Shane. Yeah, he's, he's been, been unbelievable and, uh, between the legs the other night. Didn't yeah, he? that was, that yeah. was slick for sure, but he's been really steady Eddie for them. Uh, yeah. I love him. Yeah. Uh, what Nick, a I'll pickup. You, what a pickup for them. I'll let you read your, uh, the Donov stat. Yeah. So let's go back to Vegas and Dadnov. So this is a little bit of a weird one because it was submitted by the deadline, but we like still don't know exactly what the result of this trade is. So, Vegas traded Evgeny, Evgeny Dadnov and a second router to Anaheim. Uh, they also sent, uh, in return, they got John Moore and Kessler's contract back. But apparently Dadnov, who had played in Ottawa before Vegas, had a no-trade clause that either Vegas just didn't know about or, in my opinion, chose to ignore um, no, I didn't hear that. Apparently Ottawa forgot to include that in his like contract paperwork when they traded. Oh, so, so they just so Vegas picked him up. They didn't tell them. This is what I'm hearing based on, on Twitter with like Drager and all those guys. And then Vegas just didn't know. And now they're and trying to trade him to clear so off would, the cap space. So when they so made the move, it was, it was Evgeny daddy himself. That was like, what are you talking about? I have a no trade clause. I right. And then Vegas was like, no, you don't. And he was like, yes, he's I do. Like, and he's like, Saturdays. it's only game while you have to be mad. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what happened is he got a, a, a no movement clause on his contract. And then nobody like remembered and got that. moved twice. <laughs> well, this is a huge problem for Vegas because if this doesn't go through, they can't bring Mark Stone back into the lineup because his so cap – his cap would put them way over. Their borderline best wow. player potentially could not come back for the playoffs. Well, no, he could come back for the playoffs because oh. if he's on LTIR, true, he, true. They might not make the playoffs though. Like they're trying true. to bring him back now yeah. because they might not make the playoffs. Yeah, like, wow. Remember a, a couple problem. episodes ago when I asked you guys if this team was going to miss the playoffs? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude. Not I looking hope great. So. That would be so sick. They're 
This they is just are, this is kinda, just hysterical. I got by the clear way. the air. I've been is. a big I've been a big Vegas guy. Like historically, on the episode, I went to the arena. I went to a game. I have family out there. It's a great atmosphere. But I'm kind of getting like pissed off with how much they just yes. They get they just trash players. I'm like, come on a, in the water. Fine, stupid buddy. franchise. Come on, what a dumb. I, I'm franchise. like, just keep it together. Keep the band you know together for is? a little bit. This God, is a, this is a pool party franchise. Oh, look at us. We like to have fun. Oh wait, yep. you trashed and you can't do anything afterwards. It's Vegas yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah. Like yeah. that is what Vegas is found. It is. That's a great to- way to describe it as a toy. pool party franchise. Yeah. I love that. Minnesota is yeah. a goofball franchise, according to you, and Vegas is a pool party franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to EB. Yeah. I honestly also I just feel bad for Evgeny Daddy because like that sucks. Just like being in the middle of all that and being like. I specifically told you, you can't trade me. And then you did. And now I have to like fight you guys about it. And even if he ends up just staying there, every, like the, the front office is going to low key. I feel like not take it out on him, but they're going to, I mean, you're going to have look, a player who's like putting you five mil over the cap that doesn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't want to be here because you didn't want him there. And right. like, yeah, I don't think it is going to go through. They, I saw a report today that was like, this is likely to be voided or something like that. I feel like there's going to be some underground, like behind the back type cash deal. Big wad of cash. Just be like, hey, go to SoCal. Have your have your time. Just let us bring Stoney back. It is hilarious to me that. Wait, did he just have a straight up no trade clause or was it like a no trade list? It was. I think it was a list. Because if you put anaheim or any of the california teams on your no trade list are you fucking stupid you're a moron i don't care how bad that anaheim you team want to you want me to live in newport and Beach? not go to anaheim I- i'm also i have no idea to be honest. <laughs> newport I, beach by the way if up. anyone doesn't know the weather's like 85 and sunny year round pretty much so yeah, yeah. that's clown shit but all right uh, let's yeah. move on. Uh, that's the trade deadline for you in a nutshell. Uh, co- what, one discussion topic today. Uh, one of the major draws for NFL viewership is that red zone channel, which we all love, or in my girlfriend and mother's case, they hate focusing on specific high points in the action across a multitude of games. My question to you guys is could and should the NHL adopt a variant of this for like weekends or Friday nights or the playoffs or something not what they currently do with on the fly on NHL network. Cause I think that sucks. But um, do you guys think that there is potential for something like this? Was this your idea, Nick? Yeah. Or did you read something? No, this was me. You shouldn't have published this. You should have gone with a business venture and done this yourself. But that's like a whole a- thing. And then I have to like, you know, do stuff. And like, it just seems kind of annoying. I mean, yeah. my question is how, what would you how would it be different from NHL on the fly? I think like, I don't know, maybe like if there's like a night when there's like 12 games going on, you know, if a team's got a power play, you bump to that. If there's like, you know, if mm-hmm. it's Carolina and New York and D'Angelo just took someone's head off, you go to that, you know, something like that. Okay. I, I agree. And I think the personnel that they could have would also be a lot better. NHL networks boring i would love yeah. to see the, the it's viewership just on that. bad television like the it's content like the biggest they name they out. have is like mike rupp and it's yeah. like yeah. it's fine he's good but like that's it it's just like i mean it's also like cringeworthy to watch too like i actively don't watch that coverage of the trade deadline i'll go out of my way to find a stream for tsn instead 
Oh, it's so much better. This should tell you all you need to know about NHL Network. They still are taking ad money for commercials from Coppertone with Brett Favre using an elbow sleeve. <laughs> if you're still taking that money, you ain't getting a whole lot of money offers elsewhere. So that's all. <laughs> What's I the say. other one that's on there all the time? It's like, hi, it's Montel Williams from Money Mutual or something um, like that. Like they just- got that. They've got all the ones where it's like the FDA and blah blah blah. If you have a lawsuit, it's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, it's like the commercials <laughs> you would find on like QVC where like your grandparents yeah. are sitting there like buying stuff like over the phone off the TV. It's just like, yeah. oh, my God, it hurts. It's brutal, dude. It's yeah. so bad. Yes, I think this would be a home run idea. I really do. What would you call it? What would I call it? Hmm. In the crease. Oh, I don't hate that. Isn't there something already called that or am I crazy there's probably like mm. some espn podcast called in the crease or something like that yeah probably but no I, I i do dig that though i don't know just thought for sure uh let's move on uh if you didn't know the 2022 frozen four begins this thursday if you need something to definitely not watch at work wink wink uh teams to watch uh number one seed coming into the tournament is michigan no one cares stop trying to be an ivy league school you suck anyways and pay your women's hockey program you fucking asshole through you you fucking idiot school all right move on yeah anyways um quinnipiac uh shout out to uh my girlfriend's sister jackie who went there uh i almost went there this team is good guys don't get me wrong Core group of veteran forwards. They're number one in the nation in goals against with only 42 goals allowed in 40 games, which is a crazy stat to think about for college hockey. Uh, I'd also say Minnesota Duluth. They're red hot right now. They survived the NCHC playoffs. They swept St. Cloud State, beat Denver, beat Western Michigan. Uh, Their goaltender, Ryan Fanti, posted two shutouts against those teams, stopping all 55 shots faced. That team is loaded and they are hot at the right time. Uh, speaking of another hot goaltender, Devin Levi at Northeastern. You cannot sleep on them. Number two, Minnesota State, who's my pick to win the whole tournament. Uh, they went to the Frozen Four last year. I think they're going to f- hit their stride this year and get it done. And then, of course, North Dakota. You can never count the Sioux out of it. You know this is just your long-winded way of trying to not say Michigan's going to win it all, but they're going to, right? No, they're not. No, they're not. No. Their whole lineup, it, their fucking power play is like the top 20 in the draft. Like I don't even I, I think okay. I think they're gonna lose before they get to the frozen four. Give me your money. I'll 20 bucks straight up right now. Michigan. You, makes- all right. So 20 bucks, you think Michigan won't make the frozen four. Correct. All right. Virtual handshake. Deal. I Thank am you. the I'm the uh the witness to this moderator. Not that I'm rooting for this, by the way. Like I have yeah. no skin in the game. I don't really care about Michigan, Michigan State, or you know uh, Marquette. Like there's northern and schools. I, That's I'm, all I'm you guys. Trying to take as much of the like Homer bias out of it as possible, but I, I, I just there's something about some of these teams that like with the goaltenders and with the defense. I don't know. I will make that virtual. I will too. say if we're having a competition of best jerseys, it's the Sioux baby. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, they did a good job. We're, wait, fuck. Aren't they called something else now? Aren't yeah, they like the Hawks? It's the Fighting Hawks, but... Yeah, but... Yeah, no, I understand. I get yeah. you. The logo's still fresh. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but guys, we got to get to real serious matters here. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on. Um, But before we do, um, unfortunately, you know, hockey is a contact sport. And every now and then you're going to have to dish out some some legislation. Let's put it that way. Um, So we actually just got a call not too long ago from the EBDOPS, which if if you're not familiar, is the Empty Betters Department of Podcast Safety. And unfortunately, we're going to have to suspend Yachtlender for two ad reads for violating the show's allowed time at Don't Know Tavern policy. Um, We got some disturbing reports about him being at that bar uh, for a long time on Sunday this weekend. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, as much as we love our friends at Don't Know Tavern, uh, we're here to, you know, be concerned about our friends' safety and stuff like that. So um, unfortunately, the decision came down a little bit earlier today. You guys are probably just finding out about it now. Um, And let's go ahead and move on to the league news around the league. Harry, I'm going to throw it to you for those. Uh, but before we do, in summary, this <laughs> in summary, this is violation of the show's don't know tavern policy. <laughs> you know how like when Shanahan will do the whole like in yes. summary, yes, this is boarding. <laughs> yes. I'm begging someone make a meme of this, please. Like put the Shanahan reading it. Is Yachtlender, considering Yachtlender's previous history with the <laughs> Department with, of Podcast Safety. And don't know Tavern. Per section, section 5D 3.4, your limit at Don't Know Tavern was exceeded on Sunday. By the way, not only was his limit exceeded, the whole bar had March Madness on and he flipped it to NASCAR. Yeah, that's, that's I, a violation in and of itself. I think he should get four games for that instead of two games. Okay. Wow. Oh, yeah. well, he can appeal it if he wants he can, to. Yeah, so. he can file. We'll for hear it out. He we'll can appeal it, it by Venmoing us money and then we'll. Get you can rid talk of it. to our people. Uh, Jackson, yeah, he can pay the Jackson fine. Gross. <laughs> yes. Jackson <laughs> Gross is our law intern. So, yeah. yeah, you can talk to him. Send all complaints to Jackson Gross at Marquette.edu. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, around the league with the injuries, we'll just run through this real quick and get to the fun stuff. Uh, Drew Doughty potentially out the remainder of the regular season. Stay tuned for that. That sucks for my Kings future bet. Uh, Thomas Shabbat out for the season with a fractured hand. Florida Panthers have placed Ekblad on LTIR. Keep your ears peeled for that. That's not a phrase. Good job, Harrison. Uh, Ryan Ellis of the Flyers. He's going to be out the rest of the year with a lower body injury. And there are rumblings that Braden Holby might not play another game this season for the Dallas Stars. So Ottinger, all eyes on you. Uh, Before we get to the gambling segment, uh, we can read this sponsor's ad read due to the fact that they are not suspended. Mac, I'll let you do that. Yeah, they would never spend way too much time at Don't Know Tavern. So before we move on, unless we're hosting an event there, (laughs) right, which is totally different. So uh, we just wanted to remind you that this season, all of our picks are powered by SharpRank. SharpRank created the first ever cross sport rating system, ranking betters from any sport on one leaderboard that anyone can dominate, even you. SharpRank is backed by some of the biggest names in the sports gambling world, such as BetMGM, Betway, and Sports Illustrated. Download the free app for iPhone and Android today. And boys, let's uh, let's get the ship back on track here and give some gambling picks. So one of the things that I've realized is I think people actually would prefer to hear the trends before we get to who's not, who's hot and who's not. So I'm going to read the trends real quick just because I think it'll stick a little bit better. Um, right now, the Flyers are a dumpster fire and they lost their best offensive weapon. So one of the things that you got to keep your eyes open for is Flyers team total under 
two and a half. It's usually going to be at two and a half unless they're favored. It'll be at three and a half, but nine times out of 10 these days, it's going to be at two and a half. You're going to want to bet the under on that. Uh, it's hit the last two games in a row. It's hit three of the last five games. And it's going to be tough sledding for the Flyers to score, especially without Drew. So keep your eyes open for Flyers team total under two and a half going forward the rest of the year. And then this is where the real money is. You got to want to keep your ears open for this one. The Calgary Flames in the first period over the entire season, they have outscored their opponents in the first period 73 to 38. And since January 29th, they have 20 goals 29 goals for in the first period, 12 goals against in the first period, a 939 save percentage in the first period, and a shot differential of plus 79 in the first period. That's bonkers. Needless to say, they are an absolute wagon right out of the gate. So first period bets for the Calgary Flames are definitely a good choice. A little education because you learn something new every day when you listen to us. I did not know what the difference was between betting a team first period money line and first period minus a half. And the difference is, is that if you bet the money line and the first period ends in a tie, you get the push and you don't Mm -hmm. lose. Whereas if you bet the minus half and there's a tie, you don't get that push. You lose your money. So let's say for instance, you have Calgary um, minus a half and they play Vancouver in the first period ends one ends one to one. You would lose your money. You need them to be up by a goal after one. They have to win the period, basically. Correct. Whereas first period money line, if the score ends one to one, you get a push and you still win that money. I know it sounds crazy. It doesn't make any sense, but the, the it actually does make sense. The more I think about it, the easy way to remember it is if if it, if you took the money line. <laughs> you're betting them to win the period. And if they tie, no, they didn't win, but they didn't lose either. So you push. Whereas if you take the 0.5, you're, you're taking them to cover their spread. And if they tied, they didn't cover the spread. So right. That's you're, fair. you're, so maybe you're viewing the period as a game. Yes. Yeah. Good. Good choice. I, I sometimes I, when I'm up, my brain thinks of money line, it, it just doesn't make sense to me, but that's neither here nor there. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Gambling lingo doesn't exactly make it the easiest to understand. So, No, not at all. Um, let's get to who's hot, who's not. The Edmonton Oilers. Oh, boy. Don't, uh, don't tickle my balls too much because we know how I go with them. But they've won five of their last six games with a tough OT loss to Colorado last night. McDavid has two or more points in five of his last six games. He has scored a goal in five of his last six games. He's leading the NHL in points very quietly. Um, the Oilers are finally getting healthy. They're getting Ryan Nugent Hopkins back. Uh, you know, they, they just got um, – who's the guy at the deadline that they just brought in? Broussard. Broussard. Right? Is that what we said earlier? So they're going to have Broussard on the third line. Call me crazy. The Oilers kind of have depth now. I, I truly believe it. They do. I just – I'm like thinking in my head while you're – reading this off and like my initial reaction is just to change them winning five of their last six to losing five of their next six for next week. I don't know. I mean, it's a weaker division. We know that, but just to put it in perspective, new look Oilers first line, Vander Kane, McDavid and Yamamoto. Not bad, especially. No, not at all. I'm not going to lie. Kane has been very good. He's already got like 13 or 14 goals. Yep. Second line. Hyman, Dreisaitl, and Pugliarvi, 
not bad, especially if Hyman can get back to his form that he was at at the start of the season. No, and honestly, Paul Yarvey, when he's playing well, is a steal for them. Right. Third line, Fogel, Nugent Hopkins, who's back from injury, and Ryan, which is not a bad third line. You could probably interchange Ryan and Fogel with either Bristard or Cassian. That's not a horrible third line. It might not meet the third line like test like we like to do, but mm-hmm. it's not awful. I, I, I do think that there is some hope for this franchise. I will say the past, like, I don't know, five, six shows in a row, I've been adamant about this team is not making the playoffs. I think I'm probably going to eat my words on that. It seems like they're going to sneak in now, especially since VGK has like absolutely shit themselves. Um, yeah. But I don't, I still don't really think that they're going to. It's a, a one and done, like, right? Yeah, like first yeah, round I think exit so. for sure. I think so. I would probably agree with that. But yeah, let's see how that second wild card spot shakes out. Uh, the next hot team, we talked about it earlier, the Nashville Predators. Worth noting, the over has hit in five of their last six games. Let's see if that trend stays true tonight against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, they kept Forsberg at the deadline. That's huge. I don't think they've had the extension um, official yet, but they're working on it. The big key here, I think, is Roman Yossi. He is playing absolutely out of his mind, historically Bobby Orr-like good right now. To put it in perspective, uh, where is it here? Let's see. Roman Yossi is on pace to have 103 points by the end of this season. If he can keep it up with, he should finish with 24 goals and 79 assists. If he stays on pace, he's got 15 points in his last five games. That's ridiculous. And for a defenseman, Jesus Christ. And then he's got 24 points in his last 10 games. So He's over two points per game in his last 10, and he's three points per game in his last five. He is playing out of his mind. And like Max said earlier, I think, you know, obviously we expect him to be great, but Matthew Shane this season has been really, really good. So I think that's a huge win for the Predators. They look decent. I mean, I I think they could make some noise. Who knows? I think the key there is obviously Yossi, you know, producing, but the way that that dude just shuts it down come postseason time is it's hard to match with any defenseman in the league. And then Soros. I mean, we touched on this earlier. I mean, goalies that can steal games for you, it's going to be a huge deal. I mean, we saw Mm -hmm. it with Carey Price. All you have to do is steal one. Yep. And I, you know, how Ekholm is when the playoffs come, he elevates his game a lot too. Uh, the next hot team, the Arizona Coyotes. This is uh, obviously in respect to what we expect of them. They're above 500 in their last 10. They're six and four. Any night they play, you can pretty much get them at plus 150 or higher than that, usually around plus 200 if it's against a good team. Uh, Max, boy, I can't even say his name. I, I forget it every time. Pharrell <laughs> Vamelka. Vamelka, yeah. Vita Vita Vegemelka. I just want to say Velvita, but I can't. So, um, yeah, they've been good. There's no way around it. So keep your eye on them for underdog bets. Uh, the who's not. Mac, you want to do these? Sure. Yeah, I added a couple of these. Some down. Uh, Vancouver Canucks, they have lost three in a row, and they are 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10. This is not good for a team that is desperately trying to push and make the playoffs. Um, Three-game losing streak all at home, also not good. Uh, like I said, they desperately need points right now, so – not the best time to go on a cold streak. Um, Seems like they kind of sold at the deadline too. Yeah. See, this might be one of those teams that like, isn't even really trying to make it anymore. They might just have like cut their losses. Uh, But I guess, I guess we'll see. 
St. Louis Blues have also lost three in a row and are two, four, and three in the month of March. They are also now losing one to nothing, the Washington Capitals. Um, would be tough for them to miss the playoffs entirely, but they're now in a very difficult position if they want to be one of the top three in the Central. It's looking more and more like they're going to be probably that first wild card spot. Uh, but their upcoming schedule is not the easiest. They face Washington right now, and like I just said, they're losing. Uh, and then they have Calgary, Carolina coming up. Uh, they play a home and home with Vancouver, who, like we just mentioned, is also desperately hunting for points. So, um, yeah, they got to get it together. The Ducks, wow, did this team ever just fall off? Like it seems like a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how they might make the playoffs, and now there's just you said they were going to win the division. I did say that. I yeah, said that so like I said good. that like a month ago, maybe not even. And they have now lost seven games in a row. They're two, <laughs> six, and two in their last ten. They've been puck lined four times in their last seven games. For those of you who don't know, that means they've lost by at least That's two. That's a good stat. Uh yeah, zero shot these guys make the playoffs, which is also why they were huge sellers just now at the deadline. This is a team that knows they're they're toast for the year. And that's the thing I think is like if you're if you know you're toast, just own it. You know, yeah. I'm toast. Lean into it. Blow it sure. up. Um, VGK barely hanging on to that last wild card spot. The over is hit in five of uh, in five of. I'm sorry, five of the last six. Five of the last six. Cool. Uh, and goaltending is an issue with Laner out. He's actually out now, right? We like said he was, and then he wasn't, but he's now not he out actually for, is. <laughs> he's not out for the season, but he's out right now. Yeah. Okay. Brassois has been the starter recently. Yeah. And besides him, uh, I forget who that other guy they've got is. He might actually be starting tonight. I cannot for the life of me think of his name, Bras- but that- Brassois is in the night. Okay. Well, the other dude that they have, the fact that I can't even think of his name says all you pretty much tells you everything. So, uh, yeah. And that whole Dadanov trade debacle is also a huge issue for them. Like we mentioned earlier, they can't get stone back unless that goes through. So, uh, yeah, not great. And then this is a weird one. The painful, we always talk about hot teams and not teams. Let's talk about just a painfully average team. Our new purgatory team, I think. What the fuck is the deal with this hockey team? I am so confused by the Winnipeg Jets. Like, okay, they have played 10 games so far this month in March. They're 6-3-1, which when you hear that, you're like, okay, that's like pretty good-ish. But all three regulation losses, they got puck-lined. They're winning games against good teams. They beat Tampa Bay, St. Louis. They beat Vegas, who they really need to, like, lose points if they want to like get into the playoffs but then they lose to the islanders and like dallas and i mean the rangers in boston are good but granted like it just doesn't really make sense totally like the games that they're winning and losing and it seems like this team takes like one step forward and then two steps back like they beat the bolts they get all this momentum and then they drop one to the islanders barely beat the devils and then like lose to the rangers so I don't know. Their only shot at getting into the playoffs is that final wild card, excuse me, final wild card spot, which like at this point would almost guarantee them a first round matchup with Colorado. So do they even want to make the playoffs? Because I feel like they would just get smoked in that first round. I don't know. Can either of you tell me what the deal with this team is? Nope. Nope. But There's a reason why this team was put on my shelf two or three years ago. 
What I do know is Kyle Connor is having one hell of a season. He's tied for seventh in the lead league in points. He's been a monster this year. Well, when I fell down that Minnesota wild rabbit hole on Twitter recently, I also found myself in like a Winnipeg Jets hole uh, shortly after that. And there was some guy insisting that this is the best Winnipeg Jets team in like five years or something like that. What? And there, there was another guy responding to him being like, dude, what are you smoking? Like they're like, yeah, it's not, not the team that was like two wins away from going to the cup final against the caps. Yeah. I don't know. And like the guy's whole argument, he was like, yeah, it's just, we like, haven't been like consistent enough, but I'm telling you like the talent is there and it's like, okay, but <laughs> their, their core hasn't really changed, but I think their core is getting a little older. I mean, they had some rumblings about Wheeler potentially getting moved. He's like 34 now, I think. So I'm not, not gonna lie. What Shifley did in the playoffs last year kind of like broke this franchise. Like they should have won that series, and then he did that, and then mm-hmm. they fucked it to the Habs, and yeah. they've. I don't think they've been the same since, honestly. No. And now I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs this year either. So I don't think they will either. It's a mess, and I just all I can do is think back to because what they were up in that series, like wasn't it? three to one or three to two or something like something that. like that and then and then shifley it. does that and then he's out for like the rest of that playoff series and the habs come all the way back win it and yeah so. he was like kind of a prick too about it like coming into yeah. the season two he was like oh like if he wants to scrap with me that's fine i'm like he's not gonna fight you you lit the kid up like yeah it was like a bullshit like blindside unnecessary hit dude yeah, yeah. i Kind of doesn't make sense how they're this bad. I think before the season started, you guys were kind of like, and I was like, no, I'm sold. And then I sold Mac and Mac was like, I'm sold. And now I feel bad. Yeah. Mac. I just fucking hate him. So that's just, I mean, because of what happened three years ago with this stupid fucking worst puck line beat I've ever had. But (laughs) well, I'm like, can they at least get rid of Hellebuck? Like it, it don't keep one of the best goalies in the league on this garbage park purgatory team just to do nothing too. Get older yeah like i don't get why they weren't like bigger sellers at the deadline two, honestly two of the best american players in the entire league yeah are just getting you know without a doubt would have been and on they're that only Olympic getting older year. and they're only losing value like i i actually don't understand why hellebuck wasn't even like cons- it didn't even seem like they were slightly considering like shopping him around or Connor or any of that. Like that I feel like this is just a stubborn team that's like, no, we still like we still have a chance and a window where it's like, eh, do you? I don't yeah, know. I really so. don't think you do. And then moving on to the last game on stat, Elias Lindholm. Uh, he has the second most goals in the NHL since February 1st with 17, just an FYI in case you're on player props these days. Uh, final thoughts on the caps at the deadline, fellas. You guys take it away. Let's keep this short. Yeah, well, I'm wearing my Brooks-like Caps jersey. The uh, It's like a 2014-era jersey because it reminds me of back when Mojo was on the squad initially. Um, I The more that I've had time to let this trade like kind of sink in, the more I really like it. Uh, I think Mojo still has plenty of good years left. A lot of guys were saying, like, oh, he's washed. That dude's 31. Also, he had the best career – he had the best season of his entire career – in 2017 which was his final season with the caps and we only couldn't keep him because we needed to re-sign kuznetsov so we get rid of him he goes to new jersey goes to buffalo goes to minnesota gets picked from minnesota for seattle he's been a bit of a suitcase yeah that's right he 
yeah, how could I forget? He was actually like one of the most important pieces on that Boston team. Um, yeah, I think it's a great move. How could bringing back a guy that is best friends with one of the best players on our team do anything bad is my, my argument. Like it's only going to boost morale. He literally started tonight, like using the starting lineup with Ovi and Kuzi. He's playing on the top line, his first game with the caps. I think it's a win. I think this is a great move. I do feel a little bad for Sprong. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that player. I, I feel really bad for him the way his career has gone because he's a talented guy and he just hasn't found the right team for him yet. So I wish him all the best in Seattle. But I don't know why. I just think he would be a home run fit in St. Louis. I see that. Yeah, that checks out to me. Yeah. Second line, third line winger. I think that would be a great fit. And I echo everything you said about Sprong. And I think McClellan's statement on him was great. I'm happy to have Mojo back. This was probably one of like the two deals that the Caps could have made at that position at the deadline. You know, you and I were talking about, does this pass the third line test when you get him in there? And McClellan even said he can play up and down this lineup. So, you know, he's on the top line tonight. He, he can, can also play center in a pinch. Like exactly. That's and I think that's us. a huge reason why the Caps went after this guy is because the way that they have been just depleted at center with injuries this year. I want to talk about the other Caps trade for a second, though, here. Johan Larson. A lot of people were texting me about this. Like, why did we trade for a guy that has had, you know, he's been out for a while with sports hernia surgery. And I think the best way to look at it is this. They wouldn't have gone out to get him if he wasn't going to be coming back soon. And essentially, this is another guy that you can plug and play on the fourth line in this lineup, basically taking over for Carl Haglin. This is a guy that can play center and is really, really stingy defensively, and that's all you need to know. Yeah, he's not going to get huge minutes, but he's he's a good depth add for sure. The more I've let this one marinate, the more I understand it as well. Plus, you know, we gave up a pick. I think Noah Hockey Stick Emoji said it be- best. He was like, I don't give a fuck about draft picks. Get all <laughs> of them out here. I, I kind of am the same way. Like, unless it's like a first Ooh. rounder or something, like, I don't really... It's not like, like the Caps are going to get Bedard or Shane Wright in the next two years, so... Whatever. It was like a third rounder that we gave up. That means nothing to me. I I will not miss that draft pick. I think Johan Larson will be a good add. Also, my other question is, do either of you know if Mojo has term? I do not, but Nick will look that up. Um, Moving on to the pens real quick. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. the big move landed one of the, I'd say, top three, maybe top five deadline acquisitions in Ricard Raquel. Gave up Dominic Simone, Zach Aston, Reese. Um, a draft pick and that prospect goalie that Nick had mentioned earlier, Cat Callie Klang, I believe it was, or something like that. Um, you know, I think in terms of like Klang and the pick, Klang's a decent goalie prospect, but we already have plenty of those in the pipeline. Um, more so than skaters, which is kind of concerning. Uh, the pick, who gives a fuck? Penguins give away draft picks like they're fucking, you know, meds. Um, the Simone and Aston Reese one, I mean, yeah, they're very expendable players. I think Boyle and Zahorna will backfill that real nicely. I think the biggest thing that the fan base and probably the front office realized is we need a little bit more depth scoring. So here's my final assessment. I think Gensel, Crosby, Malkin, and Rust are, they can compete with any top four forwards on any team in the NHL. I have no doubt about that. The real question for the Penguins is going to come with secondary scoring. And the three big names are going to be Raquel, Kapanen, and Zucker. 
Zucker's still got to come off injury, so I really hope he comes back strong. He had abdominal surgery. He just didn't look himself all year. He hasn't looked like the Jason Zucker we knew in Minnesota and Pittsburgh so far. So I'm rooting for him. He's a nice guy. You know, he seems like a really genuine dude. Teammates love him, but he just hasn't been producing. God knows what happens with Kapanen. I mean, he scored the other night in Arizona, so hopefully he can get back rolling here. And then we'll see what Raquel does. He's going to be on Malkin's wing. Um, I'm real curious to see what happens. He's a you know big body, right-handed shot, good in the corners. So I like the move. Uh, I think the Penguins are going to go as far as Kapanen, Zucker, Raquel can you know kind of take them. I know that sounds weird to say, but got to get some secondary scoring in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And um, I, I fully was expecting Kapanen to get moved at the deadline, but if they're sticking with them, they clearly see something of value. So I really hope that doesn't pan out for them. Well, something like that can also give a guy like a huge morale mm-hmm. boost. Like, I mean, you know, Kapanen probably knew that he was like potentially on the trade block and that Berkey. Yeah. That yeah. always makes a guy feel a little like, you know, not great about himself, but then when he doesn't get moved, you get that little boost of confidence. Like, Oh shit. Okay. They, they still see me in their plans here. They've got some mm-hmm. faith in me. Maybe I've got some new faith in myself now scored a goal against the contract year for him. I mean, he's got, you know, forget the regular season. If he comes to play in the playoffs, he's going to get himself a nice ticket somewhere. So mm-hmm. I'm rooting for the guy. He's, yeah. he's an awesome guy. Um, I think the thing with that team is they don't need him to be anything over the top. Yeah. Right. 15, right. 20 goals a year something like that. Like, exactly. exactly. Do what Rodriguez yeah. is doing for that team and you're fine. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the one thing I'm glad we didn't give up Kapanen. We didn't give up Erod. We didn't give up Pedersen. Those were three. And we didn't give up Marino. That was one I really didn't want to give up. That would have been a huge mistake. Well, yeah. And it's interesting, you know, Besser and JT Miller stay in Vancouver and they're not looking like they're going to make the playoffs. That's an interesting move on their part. I wonder if Boudreaux was advocating that next year they can make a run, but I also um, think giving up Miller for them would have been a disaster. Yeah. He's playing Vancouver fans need something to cling on to. Those two guys are part of the future. I I don't think it's time to sell out just yet, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting going forward. I'm excited for the rest of the season. It finally feels like it's like hockey, hockey season. Like once March Madness is over, we get all the publicity. Yeah, let's go, babe. I'm so ready for playoff hockey. We're getting close. Like I said, I, I always get fired up when we start getting those graphics with like teams, tragic numbers on it and stuff. Yeah. Super exciting. You guys got any final notes for this trade deadline episode? This, this race in the East to the playoffs is just, it might be one for the ages, you know, between in the, the West too, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, the East is cool, but we know all the playoff teams in the East, like for sure. We know the eight teams that'll be in it, but the, West, the West, we have no idea in the West. There's still like 12 teams that, that technically could still get in. Like I love what Nick, like, like what Nick was saying in the East, it's like, You've got the Rangers and the Penguins who were red hot at the start of the calendar year up until maybe about like a couple weeks ago. They've kind of come back down to earth and everybody was saying, oh, Boston's too old. The Caps are too old, blah, 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 blah. Caps don't have goaltending. Tuka Rask retires. And now those two teams are red hot in the wild card spot. So it's like, how are those four going to eat yeah. out? We know, we know about Florida. We know about Carolina. We know about Tampa. The Leafs, who knows? But those four teams that I just mentioned – you don't know. It's like the West. It's like who's going to make it, and then the East is who's playing who. Yeah, exactly. Right. There is a very real chance we get Caps Pens round one, which would that be is very fuck real. me. I would love it. I would love it. the The other thing, and I texted you guys this recently. 
I low-key would not hate being the final wildcard team and facing the Panthers in the first round. Me neither. I think the Caps could actually upset Florida. I think that Ovi loves playing against Bobrovsky, from what I can tell. I think we light that dude up, no matter how hot he is. And B, Claude Giroux, we know how to beat him in the playoffs. I know that. Well said. Five games. I think you guys would fare a lot better against Florida than Tampa. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, we might get smoked by that Tampa team. But it's kind of weird because in my head, I really don't think Tampa is that much better than Florida. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, but it's all about the matchup, like you said. Yeah, that's fair. All right, everybody. Well, we appreciate you listening. Thank you for the love and support, as always. Go check out the merch on EmptyBetters.com. Click on the Shop tab. New collection going up shortly. And without further ado, class dismissed. <laughs>